Yes, so welcome. Uh, so the first topic that I want to be talking about in Edo economics is obviously on uh, resource allocation, the means and the ends. Resource allocation, the means and the ends. Right, so basically when you talk about the resource allocation, we're talking about uh, the way we're going to be using our resources, right? So we have to understand that our resources, we've got so many resources, financial and non-financial resources, yes. So what do we use resources for? Obviously we use resources for production, yes. We want to be producing goods and services, Yes, we want to be producing our maize, we want to be producing our tobacco, we want to be producing our uh, probably gold, probably we want to be producing our manufactured goods, you want to be producing, think about services as well, insurance, accounting services and stuff like that. These are all the uh, kind of products that I would want to be producing, but you produce them using resources. Yes, you are going to be using resources. The resources that I'm talking about here in this case, you are going to be talking about financial and non-financial resources. You need your capital, you need your labor, you need your um, you need your land yes but also important you are going to be needing, needing the skills right you also need the entrepreneur the person who's going to be organizing all the various factors of pr production the various factors of production which are the facts which are the things that you need obviously to make production yes the various factors of production are going to be arranged by the entrepreneur so entrepreneur is also a special resource which is a special fit of production that is always needed in the production processes let's understand that right so in a simple economy let's say let's make an assumption that we are going to be having a central planner okay we're going to be having a central planner yes or probably we're going to be having a producer all right so that's it. our producer in this case is going to be a central planner like a government all right so we are going to be having resources probably the resource that are going to be having obviously is going to be land but i want to decide what to produce on the land when to produce how to produce and uh, how much of what to produce so these are kind of uh, a lot of fundamental economic questions that are going to be answered yes in economics obviously because you want to produce but you have no idea how much to produce what to produce when to produce for whom to produce how much of what to produce so these are kind of questions that you have to answer as a central planner yes so remember if you go back to your management you're going to be talking about uh, uh you need to do planning obviously it means the entrepreneur the person is going to be a risk taker the person who's going, who's going to organize other factors of production like land like labor like capital yes he's going to think about what to produce how much to produce when to produce where for whom how much of what and what price to price all those kind of fundamental economic questions are going to be answered by an a planner, the producer, who's going to be an economist, obviously. Yes. So you want to make sure that whatever answers are going to be given to the central economic questions are going to, you are going to make sure that you are going to be maximizing production. Or you want to make sure that you are going to be optimum to produce the optimum, the best levels of production. You are going to be very efficient. Okay. You want to be very, very efficient allocatively. So in terms of your allocation of resources yes in terms of allocation of resources yes the distribution of the resources that are going to be having in terms of utilization you want to make sure that you are going to be very very efficient productively efficient and allocatively efficient as well so that's the most important thing so you have to decide you have to decide what to produce obviously that's the first question you need to decide what to produce like i've given you i've said you are going to be having probably you're going to be having land as your resource yes land is a resource that's your fit of production right so let's make an assumption that you're going to be producing two goods right you get two goods that can produce on the land either you're going to produce uh capital goods or you're going to produce consumption goods or consumptive goods whatever you could call it okay yes for in for simplicity let's just say we are going to be producing either you get a piece of land right you're going to be producing either maize or you're going to be producing tobacco 
So the question comes to say, okay, now you know what to produce, but you don't know how much of what to produce, right? And you don't even know how to produce, but whatever answers you are going to be giving to how to produce and what to produce, you would want to make sure that you're going to be both productively efficient and allocatively efficient. Yes, you want to be both productively efficient and allocatively efficient. In terms of production efficiency, obviously, means you want to minimize the costs. You want to make sure that you are going to be producing the goods at the lowest possible average cost. That's what I want to do. Yes, that's what I want to do. And in terms of allocation, allocated efficiency, you want to be Pareto, Pareto optimal. I want you to go and receive a Pareto quality where we talk about it when it's no longer possible for you to make one person better off without making the other one worse off. That's about Pareto efficiency. Yes, in simple terms. So... I've talked about an economy which is Zimbabwe, right? And you are, go you are going to be having a central planner with the producer. And this person is going to be interested in making sure that he produces both allocatively and productively efficiently, right? Right. So now, now going ahead again with our example, where you were talking about a central planner with the producer who is going to be interested in producing either tobacco or maize on a piece of land, right? So this piece of land is going to be fixed, right? So obviously it means you are going to be employing uh, labor and capital as well. You are going to be employing labor and capital. Remember, the producer who is going to be, that's our entrepreneur, right? That's our entrepreneur. So this entrepreneur is going to decide on what to produce. In this case, he has decided what to produce. Obviously, he needs to produce either uh, uh, maize or he's going to produce, uh, what do you call it, uh, tobacco. Yes. But then he's going to decide on how much labor to employ, how much capital to employ, and uh, uh, what is again? Yes. So basically, in, of course, in land, land is already available. He, he knows how much land he, I, I mean, to employ. Now the question is to say, okay, so this guy is interested in maximizing, making sure that he gets the best levels of uh, tobacco and maize. But you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't have. Uh, I mean, you produce an infinite supply of maize and there's always an infinite supply of. So what he wants to produce, obviously, it is it, representing a set of wants. Okay, the needs. So he's got a lot of wants. What he wants to produce is, is so much, but he's actually constrained by the amount of capital that he has, by the amount of labor that he has, and also the amount of labor that's going to be available to him. Right. So there's a constraint. In as much as you want to produce more of both these two goods, it's not possible for you to do that. Because in the meantime, you are fixed. Probably you could just put a one hectare of land. That in one, one hectare of land, you can produce a lot of maize and you can produce a lot of tobacco at the same time. It's either you're going to be given, oh, you have one hectare, you're going to produce, you're going to use it to, uh, to towards the production of just one commodity. Probably you're, you're going to allocate, allocate all the uh, one hectare of land towards your uh, maize production. Alternatively, you're going to allocate all your, all your um, uh, maize, pro maize production, uh, all, all your land towards maize production. Alternatively, it means you're going to have a combination of the two. Probably you're going to say, okay, let's, let me divide my one hectare piece of land into, into, into two halves. Right? The first half, I'm going to produce maize. The other half, I'm going to produce what? I'm going to produce the other commodity, obviously. In a manner that's going to maximize, yes, production you want to maximize yield you want to make sure that you get the best that's been optimum i'm talking about optimality here you want to be allocatively allocatively efficient right so that's what i'm going to do here so uh what i'm saying here is i'm saying uh you are going to be constrained so it means uh, the constraint is telling us that uh in as much as you want to produce more 
we need as much as one with so many, so uh, infinite set of ones, but we are limited by the amount of resources that are available. Our, the amount of resources that, are, that we have in terms of land, labor, capital is actually constrained. So it's going to limit, it's going to tell us how much of what to produce. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So it means we are going to be very, very much constrained. We are limited in as much as you want a lot of production, it may a lot of production, what of a production for, of, of the other commodity, but it's not possible for us to have that. Right, it's not possible for us to have that. We can only produce a limited amount of maize and a limited amount of tobacco, given the amount of resources that are available. This is what you refer is to a scarcity. The resources that we have in this case are scarce. They are in short supply versus the unlimited ones or unlimited demands. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So the scarcity of resources, because of that, then it means we are going to make a choice. We have to make a choice, we have to decide what and how much to produce of what. Yes, the moment you make a choice, it means we are going to uh, sacrifice some other options that are available, some other alternatives that are available. And that sacrifice that are going to make, that sacrifice, those things that we're going to let go is what defines opportunity cost in economics. So opportunity cost is a cost in terms of sacrifice, in terms of how much we forego, in terms of what we forego, in terms of the best next alternative foregone. We are going to make sure that we are going to sacrifice some things because we cannot produce I mean, everything, right, given the time that we have, given the resources that we have, we, it's not possible. So there is a, we are definitely going to sacrifice some things. So the sacrifice is the, is the cost of the options, the, the cost of the options that are going to be having, okay? Yes, and that is what you call opportunity cost. So opportunity cost is something that always occurs whenever we make choices in economics. Why do we make choices? We make choices because the resources that are available are limited. Yes, they are limited, they are insufficient, they are. Uh, they don't permit us to produce a lot of everything. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, we talk about opportunity cost, which is a result of choices that we make because of scarcity of resources. Right, so explaining further the concept of uh, scarcity, choice, and opportunity cost, I want to give an example, okay? Like, for example, the time. Right now, we are having a lecture, okay? We're giving a lecture here. Yes, that's me, Mr. Chirume. Yes, I'm giving you a lecture in economics, right? So, we have decided to come and listen to this uh, to, to this lecture. Yes, that's a very simple lecture. But obviously, it means you have to go on some other alternatives. So, we are talking about the time. We're going to have a resource. The resource that I'm talking about here, in this case, in this scenario, is obviously time. So time, remember, obviously, in a day, probably with eight hours. Yes, eight hours. Of course, we know we with 24 hours. But we, um, the other hours, obviously, we'll be sleeping and stuff like that. But probably the working time from morning, probably around eight o'clock up to around four o'clock. That's when we're so much active. So that's around eight hours. So the eight hours that are available, we are going to be making choices to say, okay, we've got a fixed amount of time, right, in a day. That, that's about eight hours. So we are going to say, okay, now, right now, we are having a lesson in economics. But uh, uh, right now, we, we could have been doing something else. Probably we could have been watching movies or playing with friends and stuff like that. But because we've decided to forego those things and coming for lessons, it means the cost of having the economics lesson right now are those alternatives that have been foregone. You understand? And that is what we call opportunity cost. If, if somebody is going to be asking me the opportunity cost of uh, coming for this economics lecture, you are going to say, okay, if we, if I was, if if you, if 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 I, were, if I wasn't going to be in, in an economics lecture, what else would I have been doing? So that which you've gone is is exactly the cost of coming to for 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 an economics lesson. Listen, that's exactly yes. 
other example, I can say, okay, you have, if you're given $100 by, by your dad, okay, your dad gives you $100, you go and buy something else, right? Probably you, you take $100, you go and buy some, some chocolates there, right? So it means uh, you, you, you take $100, you go and buy chocolates. So other things that you have decided not to buy using $100 is the cost of you buying the chocolate, right? Yes, because you, you could have taken your $100 and probably have gone somewhere else. Right, enjoy yourself. But now you've decided no, to say no. Uh, I want to be enjoying my uh, my what? You, you want to be enjoying, uh, enjoying the sweetness of your, of your of your of your chocolate. You see now. So that is the opportunity cost of what? That's the opportunity cost. That's the cost of of um, uh, the the chocolate that we've just bought. You see now. Because uh, you have forgotten some alternatives. You, have, you could have used the hundred dollars in uh, elsewhere. Yes in some things, not really uh, in, uh, on, on a chocolate thing. But I've decided not to, you've decided to buy chocolate and not those, those other things. So those are the next best alternative that we forgot is what we call opportunity cost. You've made choices with your $100. Why? Because your $100 is not limited. It is lim it's limited. Yes. You would have wanted to be given a million dollars, right? You could have, yes, but because you are constrained, the resource that is available in this case is $100, and $100 is limited. So you have to make a choice. What is it that you have to buy with $100? So you are making choices. By the moment you make a choice, it means you are going to sacrifice some things. You have, you are, you have to forego some things. Those things that you have forgone is what we call the opportunity cost. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Just like in this case, where we got a, a farmer who's going to be facing two, uh, two, two possibilities, either, either using this piece of land to grow maize or to grow tobacco. So the amount of sacrifice in terms of alternative uh, forgone is what you call the opportunity cost. Let that be understood. Right, so uh, from the example that I've just given you, it shows that there is actually a relationship between uh, those three important economic concepts. There is a very, very important relationship between uh, or scarcity choice and the opportunity cost. Scarcity always means the resources that are available are scarce. They are, they are in short supply, yes. They can't meet the needs, the infinite needs that are available to humanity. So it means people are going to make choices, yes. Whether they're consumers or producers, right? They're going to make choices. Choices as to what to produce and what to consume. But the moment the choice is made, it means a sacrifice is always going to be made as well. You are going to make uh, a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is what we refer to as the opportunity cost. Because it means those alternatives that are available are going to be forgone. So the cost in terms of the next best alternative forgone is what we call opportunity cost. Yes, and those concepts are actually uh, nicely represented in a diagram in economics, which is called the production possibility frontier the production possibility frontier or the production possibility curve. Yes. So that's a curve, okay, okay, which is always concave to the origin. It's concave to the origin. In other words, it's bow out to the origin. You are going to, yes, I want you to research, I just read concave on a, a concave diagram on your, on your on Google. You are going to see the diagram. Obviously, it's concave to the origin. Yes. Why is it concave to the origin? It's concave to the origin to show increasing opportunity cost. Yes. It shows increasing opportunity cost. Yes. So it means as you move from left to right on the opportunity cost on the diagram, then it means there is increasing opportunity cost. Yes. So the sacrifice in terms of the next best alternative for gone is going to be increasing as you move from left to right. I'm going to explain the reason why it's concave to the origin. Yes. So let's understand that. But obviously we're going to have some scenarios which are not very, um, that's not very realistic, obviously. We're going to have a, a production possibility curve that has got a constant slope, okay, which is straight line. The straight line, which is uh, which was constant opportunity cost. Yes, constant opportunity cost. Remember, the opportunity cost in this case is going to be measured by the gradient 
of the op the PPC, which is the production possibility frontier or production possibility curve. So the gradient is going to be the same if we go to straight line curve. A straight line curve, which is the form y zero mx plus c, it means the gradient m is going to be constant, going to be the same throughout. So in other words, there is going to be a constant opportunity cost in such a scenario. Yes, let's understand that. Okay. Yes. So all the PPC, obviously, all the axes you are going to be represented. The x the x axis and the y axis are going to be represented by the by the by the goods that are being produced. Like in this case, the farmer is going to be producing either consumption goods or production or um or capital goods. Alternatively, you can also say it's going to be producing maize, probably, and uh, tobacco, like the example that that I've just given you. So that's our x axis. The amount of the amounts of tobacco and the amounts of uh maize. Yes, that are going to be produced. Yes, given an amount of resource, probably one only one hectare piece of land. Yes, so that's exactly what I'm going to be having. Remember, I said uh, these three concepts are going to be represented on a PPC. Now I have to explain how they are, they are represented on the PPC. So, if I'm going to be drawing your PPC, which is your production possibility curve or your production possibility frontier. Yes. Uh, for starters, let, let me just say you're going to be drawing a PPC which is actually a straight line. So a straight line representing a constant opportunity cost, which is opportunity cost, or the amount of sacrifice that are going to be the same throughout for all the points. So it means for you to draw this, obviously you are, you are going to be needing the intercepts, the vertices, the intercepts on the vertices. The intercepts, either the y, x, the y intercept and the x intercept. Yes. So on the y intercept, it means, uh, for example, if you say we are, we are on the y axis is going to be represented by a maize production or maize output, maize. Then the x axis is going to be represented by the other good, which is the tobacco. So it means if the y axis is going to be representing uh, the amount of um, uh, maize that's going to be produced, if you allocate all the one next piece of land on what on maize. Yes. If you give all the maize. Uh, Oh, oh, if, if you take only, oh, if, it, if you take all your only one piece of one extra piece of land and you produce maize, it means you are going to be producing a certain given level of output, obviously, and nothing. You are going to produce nothing of, of tobacco. But if you are going to be allocating everything to tobacco, it means you are going to be on the x-axis, right on the x on the intercept of the x-axis. That's exactly what, what it means. So it means you are going to be producing everything, yes, and nothing. You are going to produce nothing for what for for the other commodity. That's that's exactly what it means. And the slope is going to be representing what the slope of that straight line. If you are going to be joining those two points, the intercepts, you are going to produce a straight line. That straight line is going to be your PPC, your projection possibility curve, right? So that's exactly what exactly exactly what it means. So. Um, your, your, your issue is now to say, okay, what is the combination? What's the best combination of two goods? What is the best combination? How much of what should I produce? You understand? Yes. So it means you are going to be choosing a combination right a, on, on the line, right on the PPC. Because the PPC is going to be talking about the maximum yield, the maximum output, the maximum combination right, of the two goods that are going to be producing. If you efficiently utilize your resources, the available resources of land, which in this case, that is land. Right. Obviously, you're going to be producing using land and capital and labor and stuff like that. Yes. So the maximum yield, the maximum output that can produce, yes, given the amount of resources, yes, in an economy is going to be represented by PPC. You are going to choose um, any point along the PPC, any point along the PPC. You are going to make a choice as to how much of what should I produce. You understand? That's exactly what it means. Yes. But you can obviously produce inside the PPC. If you produce inside the PPC, all the points that are inside the PPC, they are going to be, be representing uh, a, a case where you are going to be very inefficient because it means you have the capacity to produce on the PPC, but you are deciding to produce inside the PPC. That's a very, that's a very, very, that's that, that's 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 not good. It means you are being sub optimum. It means you are being irrational. 
It means you are not maximizing yield. You are not maximizing output. You are not efficiently utilizing your, your resources. That's exactly what it means. You are not efficiently utilizing the amount of resources, the, the, the resources that are available. You are not being productively efficient as well. You are not allocatively efficient as well. There is a lot of uh, uh, unemployment. There are ideal resources. There is a lot of misallocation of resources. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, on a piece of land probably you misallocated your land. Yes, some, 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 in some areas where probably uh, the land is actually best suited for maize, you, you mistakenly produced uh, uh, tobacco and vice versa. You see now, that's exactly what you did. So you ended up producing less than you are capable, you, are, you, you can potentially produce, yes, if you allocate your resources efficiently. So that's the reason why you're producing inside the PPC. The ideal, there are ideal resources, underemployment of resources and stuff like that, yes. So, that's, so you can only produce on the PPC, that's maximum. But you can't produce outside the PPC in the short run. In the short run, the resources that we have, you, you can't produce in excess uh, outside that PPC. You are constrained. Your resources are few. You understand? With the level of technology, with the level of, of, of research, with the level of innovation, with the current level of development that we have, you can't produce outside the PPC. You cannot. But that can only happen in the long, in the long run. When there's a technological progress, when there's uh, innovation, when there's research and development, when you, you, you train your labor, your labor become productive and your company become, uh, become productive as well. But in the meantime, in the short run, you cannot. So to produce outside the BBC, you, it means you, you need technology, you need innovation, you need research and development, you need to increase your product, the productivity of capital and labor. So it means you need, you need to increase the productivity of land as well. So your PPC should shift outwards. You understand that's in the long run that can only happen in the long run in, in the short run that is not possible in the short run you can only choose any point on the ppc but you can't be inside the ppc because if you're in, inside the ppc it means there's a lot of unemployment unemployment of resources you understand or underemployed resources or there's a lot, a lot of misallocation of resources therefore there's a lot of productive and allocative inefficiencies that we have you understand but outside the ppc it, it means that can only happen in the, in the long run. Otherwise, in the short run, in as much as you want to be to produce further away from the from from the origin, further away from the BBC, resources are scarce. There is scarcity of resources. You can't you can't you can't produce those points at any point out of the BBC. There is scarcity. You understand? There is scarcity of yes. There is scarcity. So you have to make a choice on any point along the BBC. That's what it means. So, like, like I've alluded to, like I've alluded to, it means uh, uh, in the short run you can only produce on the PPC or inside the PPC. But if I'm going to be producing inside the PPC, it means there is irrationality, there is uh, a lot of unemployment of resources, there is misallocation of resources, there is underutilization, underemployment of resources as well. That's exactly what uh, what happens. I can give an example. I've given an example actually where you are going to be having probably a piece of land that's best suited for uh, for mass production. You use it for cotton. For, for tobacco, right, and vice versa. Obviously, it means you are not going to be producing the base level of output. You are not going to be doing that, right? And I can give you another example. Probably in an economy way, you um, uh, probably in uh, machinery and region where you can easily produce your tobacco. You start doing some funny things there. You start uh, uh, growing your sorghum there. 
you are not going to, going to produce much. You see now, so you need to, you need, you need. It means you, you, you need to make sure that you allocate your resources efficiently. You need to make sure that you, you, you produce what is best suited in a region. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Yes, if you're good labor, yes, make sure that an engineer does work in the engineering engineering business. Don't take engineer an engineer and start to to, to give him some accounting some, some accounting works. He's not going to, going to produce much. Or probably you take an accountant and you want to you want, you want the accountant to do engineering. That doesn't work. Both these two guys, the combinations obviously means you are going to be producing very little. You, it means you are going to be inside the PPC. But if you, if you, if you, if you, if you actually uh, choose optimally and say, okay, we are going to be having a, just think about a, fo a football match in a football game where you are going to take a striker, then you, you, want, you want him to defend and a defender, you want to be a striker. You, are, you, you, uh, you can't produce good results there. So we want to make sure that you are going to be producing very good results and that can only happen if you make sure that a defender, you put him in the defensive field uh, role and vice versa. That's exactly what is very important. So, yeah, so that, that's it. So, so it's, it means, uh, like I told you, uh, uh, you, you, what, what, what you are going to do is a farmer, right? So oh, whatever, send a plan. It means you are going to be choosing between the parents uh, along the PPC. Yes, you have to know what to produce, how much of what to produce. Yes, so in terms of, so that cannot be, that cannot happen in terms of resource allocation. You are going to allocate your resource, the resource which is land. The one piece of land, one, the one hectare piece of land, okay? Yes, you are going to make sure that if you want to produce more of, uh, more of maize, it means you are going to allocate more of your resources towards maize production and vice versa, right? Yes, but you can't produce outside the PPC. The production outside the PPC can only happen in the long run when it increases the amount of land or probably when you're going to be increasing what? Um, uh, probably you're going to increase it. Uh, probably there's technology, t t technological improvement or probably there's a lot of innovation uh, and development, stuff like that. So that can only, that, that, these are the only factors that can cause you to shift outside the PPC. Okay, yes, you are going to shift, your PPC is going to shift outwards. Uh, denoting economic growth is denoting economic growth. Remember what economic growth is. Obviously, it means the per capita income or the per capita production, the per capita GDP, per capita gross domestic product. When I talk about per capita, I'm talking about the uh, per individual. Okay, when the per capita GDP increases, okay, that's when we we talk about economic growth. So it means that is actually going to be resembled by uh, an outward shift in the PPC. But remember, economic growth is actually a, a macroeconomic concept. It's a macroeconomic concept, yes, which is actually distinct from microeconomic concept. Yes, I wanted to make sure that, yes, you understand the difference between macro and microeconomic concepts, yes. So when you talk about macroeconomic concepts, obviously we're talking about a, a macroeconomics or the analysis of economics in aggregates yes when you talk about aggregate supply which is total supply in the economy total production in the economy total employment in the economy total income in the economy uh, yes inflation we talk about uh, yes it's actually a macroeconomic aggregate there which is distinct from micro when you're analyzing individual markets individual markets the behavior of individual markets individuals individual goods and stuff like that yes so that's micro it means that's a micro analysis we're just analyzing uh, micro units, individual markets, individual segments of the markets. So that's micro uh, concepts. Let's understand that. So I'm saying the PPC can only shift outwards because of economic growth, which is a macroeconomic concept, obviously. That's how that happens whenever there's, there's technology, whenever there's uh, research, whenever there's innovation, whenever there's an increase in the amount of resources that are available. Okay, yes, whether that be capital, whether that be labor, 
whether that be land, yes, that can only push their production possibility curve outwards to mean the possible points that were out of the BPC, which were once unattainable, they're now attainable. But of obviously, economic growth doesn't solve the problem scarcity. It means still, even if we grow, we still get some points which are out of the PPC, which you still want to achieve. That's the reason why economies like, uh, we talk about economies like Japan, the United Kingdom, like Germany, like the United States, all those big economies, the OECD, oh, yes, OECD, yes. Uh, OECD economies, obviously, it means they still want to, they still want to, to achieve a higher levels of economic growth. They still want to push outwards, yes. It means the uh, economic growth itself does not solve the problem of scarcity. You have to understand those concepts. So, uh, on this first topic round, what, what, I, uh, what I want you to do, I want to make sure that uh, these are the main, the main points that I want you to understand, to make sure that you understand. So, the main point is this, okay, so obviously it means I would want you to make sure that you understand the concepts of, of, of choice, of scarcity, choice, and opportunity cost, and be able to illustrate the relationship between those concepts on a PPC, all right? Number two, you also need to understand why the PPC is uh, concave to the origin, obviously, remember the, the concept of opportunity cost. Then uh, I want you to make sure that you understand again that uh, the PPC itself can actually push outwards, okay? It shifts out, it can shift outwards. That can only happen in the short run, in the long run, yes, in the long run. And uh, the factors that can cause that to happen, obviously, they include technolo technological changes or progress, yeah, they also include things like innovation, research, as well as development. Yes, the increase in, in the amount of resources as well as the increase in the productivity of resources. Okay, so these are the, some factors that can, that can actually cause the PPC to shift outwards. Yes, and that resembles uh, economic growth. And economic growth is actually a macroeconomic concept. Concept. Yes, but I also want you to understand the distinction or the differences between economic growth and economic development. Yes economic growth and economic development, you have to understand those concepts. Yes, you have to understand those concepts. Then you also have to understand the reason why we can have a PPC which is actually a straight line. Yes, a straight line. That's me, that me, that mimics, uh, obviously, constant opportunity cost. Constant of constant opportunity cost. Yes, a opportunity cost that is not changing. Yes, because the gradient of that PPC will be the same throughout from over, along, along, the, along the line. Then you also know the reason why we can have uh, a PPC which is actually concave to the origin. Remember, it cannot be convex to the origin. It can only be concave to the origin. Yes. Then lastly, you must be able to calculate opportunity cost. You must be able to calculate opportunity cost. Yes. Find a lot of examples and be able to calculate opportunity cost. Yes. If I give a straight line, and I give some points, yes, you own the PPC, you must be able to calculate the opportunity cost. Remember what opportunity cost is. That's the sacrifice or the cost in terms of the next best alternative that is foregone. That is what we call opportunity cost. Yes, we have to understand those important concepts. We have to understand those important concepts. Otherwise, the first part of the topic is, is done. And our next part of the topic, we want to be talking about market systems, economic systems. We want to be talking about economic systems. Remember, we're still on the resource allocation, the means and the ends. The means and the ends. The resource allocation and uh, the market system, the, the, the economic system that I want to be alluding to be talking to, to be talking about, you want to be talking about uh, the market system, the command system, or planned system, as well as the mixed system. So these are the main three economic systems that we have, yes, around the globe, and these are the kind of things that I want to be talking about, right? So that's it.